Chapter 5 Hive World Confessor, you're getting what you wanted, but I'm not sure anyone would view it as a favor. General, how do you know what I want? We both spend our days looking for threats and constructing contingency plans. Perhaps, though my agents are far fewer in number than yours. Have you spoken with Dr. Watterson? This morning, let's just say that a bet we placed has paid off and thanked the Emperor for his mercy. As the sanctioned counterpart to the Underhive, Sector 100A was the uppermost tip of each city. The Overhive estates crowned several interconnected towers two miles above the surface of Fulcrum IV, and only the governor and the ruling noble houses lived within the spacious walls and cold-filtered sunlight of the exclusive neighborhood. Access was limited to a select few from the adjacent sectors below, and even our heavily vetted bodyguards slept elsewhere. Governor Davith Lachlan used the gleaming Overhive Towers of Hydra Prime as his official residence, leaving the other five Overhive sectors of Hydra Cluster to be shared among the cast of eight noble houses. The penthouse level of the Overhive Estate in Hydra Secundus offered a common area for our house functions, summit meetings, and social affairs. One could invite every member of Hydra's ruling elite to an event and never fill a fraction of the uppermost deck. My energetic peers had allocated a section of the penthouse for physical workouts. They had equipped it with everything from sparring circles and programmable weights to zero-G tracks, gel pools, and resistance trainers. It was the one noble house perk that I really enjoyed. After my official release from the Overhive's Medicaid ward and a long day of getting reacquainted with my mother and younger siblings, an early morning workout was my first priority. As was my intention, the workout area was deserted when I arrived. I needed to burn off another restless night's sleep. My wrists and ankles were raw from the Dura leather restraints, but the auto-locking bracelets had kept me off the floor. In my ethereal form, I'd visited my hounds again last night, down in Sector 99B, and found their number back up to six. I'd scouted the lower hive and the pit for Kisco and Zax, but came up empty. I didn't like surprise visits. The workout was overdue. It helped calm my nerves and burn away some of my anger. My speed and strength had jumped radically to the point that I was maxing out most of the equipment, and I had to dial it back to avoid breaking anything. To be clear, I wanted to break everything, but I had enough rough episodes under my belt. I'd follow my older brother's example and settle for demolishing my personal records in the exclusive exercise space. By the time I'd finally burned down my violent urges, I could barely walk. Through the windows, high overhead, the merest trickle of the morning sun was coming through. I was sprawled on one of the larger mats, stretching out, when Asher and Court McNail walked in, casting their own shadows upon my day. Court looked ready to run through some of the same circuits that I'd completed, while his sister, wearing colorful, brushed-on flex cloth and transparent footwear, was dressed for a runway in the garment district down on 55A. Her wrist held the latest personal trainer from some off-world design house. A Detlife model like my mother's, the device sent secret workout instructions to an insert in Ash's ear and recorded everything about her day. It would play it back and berate her whenever she gained a half pound or passed out from fatigue. I couldn't complain about the results. My relationship with Court McNail has always been a challenge. He came from an emerging house and always seemed to want whatever I had. To keep a long story short, I never gave in to his demands, and he never gave up trying to push me off of my mark. To call us rivals would have been a gross understatement, 
and by claiming my slot in the PDF officer's training program, court held the advantage. I sat up and took a deep breath as the two siblings eyed me with suspicion. What? I said. This is a private club, said court. Being stockier in build, he hid a sizable mass of muscle under his loose-fitting garb. He crossed his arms to show it off. His sister tapped her wrist and took her brother's side. Who let you in here? What the feth was this? I clambered to my feet, causing the siblings to take a step back. It's good to see you too, Ash. I wish I could say the same for your brother. Parrick. Asher looked over at her brother, as if seeking permission to greet me further. Parrick, this is a private club. Court seemed less sure of himself this time, but he was right in one way. The Overhive was a thoroughly exclusive club, and if there was one rule in the world of the noble houses of Fulcrum, one remained a stable, productive member until the end. One didn't change lanes to the point that they couldn't be recognized, and you weren't allowed to step away and come back, expecting the others to hold your place in line. I'd experienced that the hard way with my immediate family. I'd come back different, and my prodigal return had made everyone uncomfortable to the point that I felt like an intruder or a ghost. Burdened by new worries, my mother had retreated to her rooms, hurting the clan's youngest siblings with her. They hadn't shown me the door as much as uncertain smiles and the anxiety of having a stranger in their house. Even Jenna, the youngest at seven, turned away. I had always been her bear whenever she was feeling scared or lonely. That had all ended when I became an underhive guinea pig. I hoped for better from the small group of peers that I'd assumed were my friends. Unfortunately, for a psychotic interloper, I'm not that bright. Having burned off a ton of rage this morning, it still wasn't enough. I took a step forward. Court, what are you afraid of? Behind the pair, a squad of five familiar bodyguards streamed in carrying charge sticks. I knew all of their first names and they knew mine. They also knew the score between Court and me, and this was their chance to settle it once and for all. Court ignored my question. Vance, please show Parrick to the door. We'd like to continue our workout in peace. At the word door, a passage opened in my soul, and a dangerous rat, the color of stainless steel, scurried through, heading for the pit. Feth! I yanked back hard on its chain, locking myself into a twisted tug of war. The last thing I wanted to do was leave my body behind, not with Court McNail trying to push it around. In the past, I'd always let his controlling nature slide. Now I felt like I didn't have a choice. Court's lane had always been too wide, leaving him short-sighted. I decided to remind him. Overwatch 100A, command. As the Hive's security AI, Overwatch was tied into all the Overhive systems. It guarded every Noble House member and guaranteed an official response to any hostility detected. Overwatch ready for command. Belying its sentience, a monotone voice emanated from dozens of hidden speakers around us. Each held a video sensor that allowed it to respond to hand signals or interpret hostile movements. Invite Court and Asher McNail to my homecoming party tomorrow afternoon. Send now. Invitation sent. That wiped the smirk off of Court's face. I continued, Security override. Shut down all sensors in the penthouse for 60 seconds on the authority of House Killhaven. 60 was the maximum allowed. I wouldn't need half of that. Authority granted. I'd bet anything that Court hadn't seen that coming. Asher stared at me with beautiful dove-gray eyes and a mask of boredom. She wasn't fooling anyone. Court took the bait, saying, Vance, light him up. The ends of five charge sticks crackled with energy, matching the enduring lightning storm that flowed around the outer shield of Hydra Secundus. 
I pulled off my shirt and tossed it toward the zero-G capsule. I spoke to Asher, catching her eyes in mine. It's new. I don't want to mess it up. My silver irises shifted in color to match hers, and I channeled the image of Kiskaman hiding in the pit. A flicker of a rotting carcass with beautiful dove-gray eyes was more than enough to chase Asher McNail and her feigned boredom from the room. Watching her go, I learned one key lesson. I needed to get out more. I took another deep breath and planted my feet as Vance swung his stunner across my stomach. The charge stick was programmed to temporarily scramble my nervous system. I didn't allow its electric energy to get that far. Taking the hit, I shunted the charge sideways through my thick skin. Sizzling a bit as the club's capacitor emptied itself, I stepped aside and returned it, adding a dose of my own messed-up energy to the mix. Jagged power jumped between us, and Vance's club exploded in his hand. The group's other four stunners discharged bursts of lightning in all directions, blasting Court and the bodyguards off of their feet. I had nowhere to go but the pit. I found my shirt and let Kisco win his poorly timed tug-of-war. As for Court and his cousin Vance, we'd call it a draw. The door to my room slid open. The slight change in air pressure woke me from a tattered sleep. I'd been out for twelve hours, and someone had done a good job of strapping me in. My stomach and left side felt uncomfortably numb. Who's there? I whispered. Father's back. It was my little sister Jenna creeping in below my line of sight. He's pissed. She was scared. Her gentle personality had never connected with my father, who preferred children that could follow in his steel-toed footsteps. I'd recently joined Jenna's camp. Where did you learn that word, pissed? I said. Mother. It's a good word, isn't it? I didn't try to release myself. It was a slow process and would only scare her more. Are you a bear? No, I'm a porcupine. Don't try to tickle me. A small hand reached up and poked me in the side. You feel like a bear. I don't feel like a bear. I feel like a porcupine. Mother says that you were hurt again. Someone burned you. There was an accident at the gym. I'm okay. Why did you scream so much today? I had zero recollection of that. Just a bad dream. I get those sometimes. I can be a bear too. Jenna, I'm sorry for going away, but I promise the bear will come back. What color are his eyes? They're blue, like marbles. Blue was her favorite color. Ah, yes, I remember. Give me a moment and I'll come downstairs to sit with you and father. It took longer than I thought to hold the color blue in place. There was a meaning attached to the color that seemed to mess with my control. It was an illusion, a lie, but my concern for my little sister wasn't. For such a simple thing, it felt like I was walking on a razor's edge, splitting myself in two. I'd get used to it. I shuffled in, wearing blue eyes and loose-fitting scrubs. Most of my family was present, scattered about, pretending that I wasn't really there. My father acknowledged my existence. What happened to you? We hadn't spoken in more than a year. His words could have been answered in any of a dozen different ways, but most were far too harsh or gruesome for those present in the wide-open spaces of our lavish living room. I overdid it at the gym, I said. Cortland McNeil left me a message. He was apologetic. Lord Cortland McNeil was the father of Court, Asher, and several other eager scions. He took a long-term view of everything. I met Court and Asher this morning. Court was being Court, and I didn't back down. And yet I hear you've invited them both to your party tomorrow. What's that all about? I lifted my pajama shirt. An angry, foot-long welt ran away from my belly button and disappeared around my side. The hair around it had been singed. 
Payback, I said. Jenna crawled up into my lap, checked my face, and buried her head in my chest. I'd passed the blue-eyed bear test. My father smiled. Payback can be harsh. Overhive rivalries ran deep. My father had his own. I didn't want to ruin his mood, but I had to be me. Ram told me about the PDF OIT slot. And? And I get it, but what will I do with my life now? I asked a question that any father would love to hear from his son. There's more than the PDF or Adeptus Arbitus. You could land a spot with the Spaceport Command or in Hive Engineering. With all the time you've spent with Dr. Watterson, you'd be a lock for the Medicaid. I'm sure that will impress Calabale. My mother put a plate of food and a couple of pills on the end table beside me. Parrick, here's something for the pain. We've invited Miss Bale to your party, but I can see that Blaine hasn't shared the bigger news. The governor will be attending tomorrow, as will representatives of the ecclesiarchy. Sounds like fun, I deadpanned. My father may have taken offense to that. Parrick, the Imperium has demanded a new founding for the Imperial Guard. The Fulcrum 10th Legion will consist of a million recruits from our planet's three major hive clusters. 400,000 will come from the Hydra cluster alone. Your miraculous recovery was a good excuse to bring all the houses and the governor together on this issue. The Imperium was always on a crusade, fighting against the armies of Chaos and Xenos that threatened our grip on the Milky Way galaxy. With the constant threat of aliens, orcs, warp rifts, and rebellions, the need for fresh bodies never ceased. The Planetary Defense Force was always the first line of protection for any system. Against more serious threats, the Imperium's Astra Militarum would send in the far better equipped Imperial Guard, or the legendary Adeptus Astartes. The Astartes were genetically modified super-warriors known for their ability to operate on-planet, as well as in outer space. They were a rare and almost unstoppable breed. I wondered what the General had bargained for in his latest negotiations. Fulcrum IV had three Imperial defense platforms in orbit as payment for earlier foundings. The fact that their weapon systems could point in any direction was a well-kept secret. And the Ecclesiarchy, I said. Once word got around, there was no excluding them. They helped fund your time in the hibernation ward. They'll want to meet you in person. The governor will, too. I could see where things were going. New paths and connections were being laid out for me. As a member of House Killhaven, it wouldn't be long before I'd found another position and resume my spot as a contributing member in the Overhive's exclusive club.